And hey everyone, welcome to the Collaboration Podcast. We don't have a name for it yet, but I'm thinking of calling it Collabocast, if that's okay with everyone involved. We're coming to you kind of live from our home office in North, North Hollywood, California. In the valley. <laughs> my name is Marvin Yue, and with me is my co-host, Minji Chang. Hello everyone. This is interesting. I feel like the guy from The Simpsons on Parks and Rec. <laughs> So we've been talking about having a podcast for a while now to kind of keep everyone updated on the status of, you know, uh, the collaboration movement, uh, things that are going on, and also talk about some Asian American issues that, you know, we'd like to share our thoughts with. So We have lots of thoughts. <laughs> so this is our pilot episode, so it might be a little awkward, but bear with us. And just give me a little bit of introductions um, to collaboration movement. So in case you guys don't know, it's the first time you guys are hearing us, um, you guys can find out more about us and you know check out our website and stuff so uh, without further ado let's uh let's just get started with you know what is collaboration um good question what is collaboration <laughs> so uh minji and myself are the two um i guess directors minji's the executive director i'm kind of the uh, so associate director of collaboration so we're kind of oversee our operations but i'll let minji go with our our mission statement and our elevator pitch if you will <laughs> <laughs> I have to get into, where's my professional hat? I have to get into my elevator pitch outfit, which is not a, no, that sounds wrong. Um, yeah, I'm, ugh, I don't need to wear a tie. Women, power women don't need to wear a tie. Um, yeah, I'm trying not to say um anymore. I already wrecked that. So for those of you who don't know about collaboration and those of you who do but just need the refresher, collaboration is focused on empowering Asian American artists into going out there, doing their thing, and in the process of doing so, breaking stereotypes and kind of creating an image, an accurate image of Asian Americans that we have not yet seen. Oh, no, that's not true. But we have, we're not used to seeing in uh, mainstream media. Yeah. I personally joined Collaboration in 2011. I know Minji joined a little bit before that. And, you know, even through our our short you know, four or five years now, we've seen a lot of great and amazing artists come through, especially in all of our cities. And Collaboration is, um, I guess, stationed in 14 different cities across the United States. Um, what? From New York to Boston to Austin to even Toronto, Canada. So And then to Honolulu. <laughs> so we're, we are a technically worldwide organization even though it's just two countries in north america but um, who knows where we'll be in the future um i guess um you know we, we were established in 2000 so we've we've been around for a while now and like, there's been a lot of really cool people to come through collaboration um a lot of them are doing really well i hope you know um i mean our mission is really just to provide a platform so that you know up-and-coming talents can share their abilities with a larger audience and you know hopefully their creative genius <laughs> and hopefully be able to you know um inspire themselves to uh, you know pursue their passions and also inspire the audience to really you know see you know the full potential of you know asian americans a lot of times you know we're we're brought up in very creative um, um childhoods you know we all learn how to play piano or violin or um learn how to dance but then you know as we get older you know our pursuits you know we start uh, being convinced to pursue more practical um, careers, I guess. But a lot of times, you know, you just want to dance. You just want to sing. So The funny thing is I think that collaborations change so much because 
I mean, we are absolutely promoting people who want to be full-time artists, who want to pursue acting or singing or writing or producing or whatever. Those are absolutely, you know, paying full-time careers. But it's also, I mean, it's kind of like expanded to be something bigger than that of we do need professional artists because we are trying to impact the mainstream media image of Asian Americans. But on the other hand, it's also like don't lose your creative heart. You know, if you don't end up doing it professionally, if it doesn't work out where you're not going to be singing full-time, that shouldn't stop you, you know? And I think that's also something that's very empowering and encouraging that we not lose, like, anybody, Asian Americans or otherwise, that it's, it's really an important part of who we are. And, and when you are a dancer, you know, just because someone pays you or they don't pay you or because they watch you on YouTube or they don't watch you on YouTube, it still is, you are a dancer. <laughs> and so I think that's also part of what collaboration has really... Um, what we really stand by, want to represent and provide a, an envi- create an environment where people can really um, just feel that they have a community and that they have people who are absolutely rooting for them to just be creative, amazing, hmm. inspirational figures, whether you end up being a professional at it or not. Right. You're good. Just, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> And you know, on the other side, there's the um, the staff and volunteers of collaboration. In case, um, yeah, well, for yeah. you guys, um, collaboration is a mostly volunteer run um, organization. We're a five hundred one c three nonprofit, and our city teams all across the nation are run by some of the best people in the world. Love them. If you guys are listening, FYI, I love you from the deepest <laughs> part of my heart. Who do you love more? Which city do you love the most? I love all cities equally because I don't play favorites. No, I seriously, I'm Marvin and I, he can, Marvin has had to put up with me talking so much about our stuff because it's funny the reasons why people join collaboration and I joined back in 2009. Um, so this is my sixth year with collaboration, but you know, I, I initially joined because I wanted to meet artists. I wanted to be part of them becoming big stars and, you know, just, all the the kind of the glitz and glam of collaboration, which you know, and I'm not I'm not asserting that we're Hollywood, but you know, we definitely get to work with some <laughs> amazing people, and that's what drew me in. But what kept me, and what has kept me through a lot of ups and downs, and a lot of challenges for being a nonprofit, for being vastly volunteer run, you know, we have our definitely have our set of challenges. The thing that kept me sticking around were the people that I got to work with, and that is what. Essentially, I mean, it just for me, it's at it, it used to be all about the artists. It still is so much, but for me, it's so much about the people too, the staff and the volunteers, the people who make this thing live <laughs> and can, you know prosper. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, my beginning collaboration is a little more um, humble. Speak for I don't know if it's humble, but um, it was that dark time in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when everyone was losing their jobs, and Ooh. I was in that weird t- space between getting laid off and um, going to grad school. So I just wanted to find something to do. Um, I've always been, you know, following Asian American artists, uh, even since like high school, I think. And, you know, um, getting the, having the chance to have time finally to work with um, work in that space. I, I was just want to check it out. And like when you said, you know, um, just got to work with some really cool people and, you know, just got into it. Um, Minji and I were both, um, Executive directors of our own cities at one point. Minji um, was San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco. I was over in D.C. for for a little bit. Um, and, yeah, just got to work with a lot of great people in a lot of different places. Um, you know, being in collaboration allowed me to, allowed us to 
even travel the states and really meet people from all over the United States. And that's just, the best part. Honestly. That's like, <laughs> seriously, I I am eternally grateful for collaboration being a, yeah. an opportunity for me to travel. I, I, I got to travel for my paying job, but also just, I don't know. I mean, you and I have talked so much about travel and I, a lot of people talk about travel. And I think with technology and social media, you kind of get to see more of the world <laughs> and be inspired to travel. But all y'all out there, if you have a chance, you know, Take your coffee money. I know there's <laughs> coffee lovers out there, but if you want to take that three to five dollars and put it aside for a travel fund, I highly recommend it because you learn so much just you know stepping out of your hometown or stepping out of where you are and seeing the world from a different perspective. And that's what's really cool about collaboration is I got to learn a lot out of stepping outside the Bay Area and learning about the Asian American community in Seattle or Houston or. DC or Canada. I mean, everything is so there's a, uh, there's a, a universal tie, but everything is really different too. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't nobody taking my coffee money away. I'm going to just stop buying clothes for a while. Okay. So no- you can look like a hobo. <laughs> no, I got, I got enough stylish shirts and you know, pants. You know, for people now. don't go to Goodwill enough. Cause there's a lot of good thrift stores, especially in LA. I'm just saying you don't need, you know, anyway, that's a whole other podcast, but <laughs> And we get some fashion bloggers too, because there are people out there. There's so many fashion bloggers and I, that I follow, and they put together amazing styles, um, with you know on a budget. <laughs> so now, if everyone wants to, um, or if anyone sees Minji on the streets, you just know that she wears Goodwill. Goodwill, head to toe. Don't even. Try. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> but I do. There's some things. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. So yeah, so we're collaboration. We'll probably talk a lot more about collaboration as um, you know the year goes on. Hopefully, um, we're aiming for this podcast to be um, biweekly. I think is a good start. Um, yeah. I don't know if we have enough. Uh, it's not even um, topics. It's more like time to record. Um, well, we even thought of a topic right now. We could get a fashion dude. We can hit up Wendy's lookbook. We can hit up from head to toe. We can hit up Chriselle. We can hit up Socialite. I mean, that's really what's cool about collaboration is like the extent of. Uh, how my knowledge of how Asian Americans live and breathe and prosper in arts and entertainment has has expanded, because you know I really you like what you like, right? And I didn't I didn't listen to every single Asian American artist under the sun. I just mm-hmm. listened to who I liked, and there were a handful that happened to be Asian American, which was really cool. Um, but just being part of collaboration, I've been able to just expand my horizons a lot and it's really awesome to see the diversity that's out there that's the whole point yeah is that right like asian people we're not we are not all one color or one of three colors (laughs) it's like every different style every different um, genre and that's what's really cool yeah there's a lot of cool people doing a lot of cool things um just last night you were just at a club watching our friend uh paul date el jefe uh doing his thing (laughs) I don't even know. I remember. Sorry, there's a, there's a random behind the scenes story, or like inside story. Paul Date, if you're listening, uh, I just call you Jeff. I don't even know how to call you Paul anymore. <laughs> but that's like his name, his joke name, because Paul and I had a confusion of who we were when we met. Anyway, funny stuff. Yeah. Um, Paul's an amazing artist. He is a he's a violinist who is also who also sings and he also does amazing he produces amazing tracks and he just put oh my god it was so good y'all need to go to our collaboration instagram because i did a little video snappy <laughs> snap 
and it's there for everyone to enjoy. It's just a small 15 second snippet. It's so good. And what's their Instagram handle? At collaboration with a K. Is there a hashtag? Hashtag collaboration with a K. <laughs> I'm hashtag collaborate. I'm really like I'm okay with Instagram because it's taking pictures. So I just you know take pictures of like I want to do the guys who like takes pictures of you know things I eat and things I see. But so you like I, I'm really people. I'm really <laughs> I'm really bad at Twitter. Like, I am too. I'm trying. It's too fast for my old brain. It's to a lot to understand. keep up with. Is all I'm saying. Like there's just oh my god. You know, I find uh, when I'm using Twitter, it's more for like when I'm at an event and there's like a contain, like, I guess a specific hashtag or whatever to use. But like in my everyday life, I just, I don't think about tweeting or Facebooking. Well, I mean, there's a keep you and then Twitter is like, it's like, it's a skill set, I feel like. Um, And there are advantages to it. But I think that's kind of like this, again, be another podcast um, topic. And I would love to get more opinions on this, but it's kind of like. Every, you go to an event, right? And we do lots of events. We do, and we appreciate people who are posting photos and are posting videos and tweeting about us because, of course, you know, that's helping us get the word out about our movement and about our artists. That's, it's amazing. But it's like a double edged sword because the whole kind of millennial, millennial group. Um, hey, technically, we are millennials. We are, I, mean, I'm, I know, I'm including us. But the, <laughs> the millennials, you know, there's this argument that we're not present in our lives because we're just constantly social media-ing. I just made that a verb. <laughs> but we're constantly, you know, taking photos of things versus kind of just like being there and watching it. And that's what mm, I noticed too. Yeah. Mm. And you see that at our events because you want people to just experience it because that's why we love what we do. Mm-hmm. You get to like, be in a room with an artist while they sing to you. And anyway, that's like, uh, it's honestly like another topic that I'm really interested in because social media impacts what we do. It impacts the artists that we work with. You know, it's a full-time job running your social media account slash accounts. (laughs) And if you are, you know, trying to tweet everything, Instagram everything, I, I, I would love to know, you know, like we know David Choi and we know, um, Jason Chen, we know Clara C. Like we know all these people that, you know, they, they've really prospered online. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to get opinions just to see how that journey has been to maintain that and then to also be creative and all that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, you can, food is a big thing though. I mean, I just stick with what, I mean, I'm at the age where like, I can't, I don't know the new, you know, I can't do grizzle talk, grizzle box, and things like that. Like all the newfangled things. I'm like, <laughs> you just use newfangled. That kind of dates you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, very, very old. I, I, you know, uh, you, you know, you, you, you know, you can check out your uh, membership number, right, for our Facebook. And I'm like number six hundred at UC San Diego back in like two thousand four. Wait, you can check. There's a membership number. Yeah, for you know how in the beginning of Facebook it was just based on schools. Yes, and that then, was dope. I loved that. I got so pissed <laughs> off when they let like the outs the non college. I was like, you mean high school? Not it, even that. Like old people. I was like, ew. What? It's like you go from being an exclusive young mm. person's club. To like being free for all, ew. <laughs> I'm pretty lucky that my parents aren't on Facebook. Neither am I. Well, I think my uncle is. Well, but... you can now you can filter that. Yeah. But then, see, that's another step you have to take. Yeah. Don't It'd show be... post to uncle whoever. What's that? It's like my aunt uses like internet in different ways. Like she sends us articles, but like instead of sending us a link she like copies and pastes it the entire article yeah and sends it everywhere that's so cute <laughs> my mom sent me a youtube link on cacao which is you know, it's a korean 
texting app, but she loves that thing. And she sent me a link, and the link itself was dope because her friend's son produces music mm-hmm. in Korea. That's what she wanted to send me. Just so many levels, I thought it was amazing, and it made my day because I was like, <laughs> my mom just sent me a YouTube link. Yeah, she's my, so smart. <laughs> my mom's online. She talks to her all of her friends, and she's discovered emojis, which is yes, fun. And then she shows me <laughs> every time. Fun. Well, because she, you know. <laughs> She does one, and then she shows me what she did. Like, look what I sent to my friend. Like, cool. <laughs> but you should that's awesome. encourage her. <laughs> that's that's so cool. No, that's good. It's expanding her horizons. She's getting hip with it. It's interesting. I mean, this is like our like hundredth tangent in this podcast, but yeah. I mean, it all look- ties together, Marvin. <laughs> we, we we're not we're not talking about irrelevant things. We just got to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is a pilot, so if there's any um, any feedback, on, we'll be sending a we'll give we we'll give you guys an email later on to let us know what you think. But I mean, this is something that you know, we um, even when I was in grad school, we were kind of taking a look at was you know old people now, like old people, like like <laughs> like define the, old the upcoming you- like seniors, like the the baby boomers are becoming seniors now, right? But they're not the same as like the generation, the senior generation before them. They're all these are people who were like professional business people or professionals during the time when technology was changing. Which means like they actually know how to use technology, right? I mean, I think we could do like you could do multiple sociological, anthropological studies just on. I mean, us, we're right, we're 80s babies. So mm-hmm. we grew up in the 90s and we grew up where our adolescence was like, it was changing every six months. Something like rapidly changed, right? Mm-hmm. Like you went from like Encarta on a, mm-hmm. on a CD <laughs> that you put in your giant, you know, desktop computer. I had a tiny crappy compact. So, you know, I was slim factor from the beginning. So you're fine, you're the exception. But, yeah. you know, we we had our computers with CDs and then all of a sudden the internet and then the AOL and like blocking our phone lines and getting, you know, fights with our parents as they picked up the phone and messed up our 56K connection mm-hmm. to like, you know, having DSL and, and then going to internet and that was like, it just quickly became the day-to-day, mm-hmm. right? And like, how much that changed for us just during our adolescence, how different it is. My baby brother's 10 years younger than me. So he's in college now and he grew up in a completely different world. Yeah. And it's just, it's cool to me. I think that's something that like is cool to study and dissect and discuss because it's, it, that's what impacts culture, right? Yeah. Like our lifestyles. So but yeah. tangent number 89. I know. But yeah, I mean, back to what I was saying, just, you know, our parents aren't, you know, the clueless old people who don't know how to use computers right, anymore, right. you know, even now with like, iPads and Emojis. touch phones becoming more and more like intuitive. Like, yeah, you know we can't. It's harder to hide things. I think these days, especially you know, all of us living our lives online. You know, privacy, whatnot. Like, it's really easy to people just are just getting craftier. Out. Is whether you have it's like it's an evolutionary challenge. How can I hide things better? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get like five year olds who are like, I broke through a firewall, and I um. <laughs> oh. I hacked into my own system so that I could block my, th- you know, I don't That's know. That's the future, man. All the kids in the future are going to talk in code. That's what I'm saying, though. That's what they're doing. Literally, my friend's nephews, they're like five to eight years old, and they're in robotics classes. But then know? we can write to each other in cursive, and they'll never know what's this going on. This is very true. We're kicking it old school and with our Jeez. confounded... How useless was those like second, third grade class when we learned cursive? I still think cursive is lovely, and I think I always appreciate good handwriting. So, <laughs> see, this is why arts are important. We cannot lose. It is an art. <laughs> Calligraphy. Dude, you know those people who are chalking? They yeah. get paid so much money. It's art. Mm. 
we Terrence from Collaboration Houston. What's up, Terrence? He does that for a living. Like he's an artist and he gets typography. You know, yeah. typography. You know, creativity is in everything we do. This is funny that I was discussing this with um, somebody that I know from a CEO of a tech company from San Francisco, and she's you know several years older than me and of a different generation. But we were just discussing how you know there's all this focus on science and technology and um, all this competitive push to take back the first place in the world ranking that we used to have that we lost to China, another podcast. Um, (laughs) But just really how important arts is like, you can't just focus on the ones and zeros and math and, you know, calculations and whatnot. It is art is in everything. Right. And like keeping that create like typography or just design, you know, I mean, that's something that I think, especially artistic creativity, that's something that um, people in, um, like America, Canada is we're positioned to do because our we're in a we live in a society, um, regardless of you know our cultural or ethnic you know backgrounds, or whatever that values creativity, innovation, individuality. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit harder than um, say countries. Um, we were we were um, like again back in grad school we were studying you know um, just creative economies things like that and you know places like China places like Singapore they're really trying to you know um, bolster their creative class, but because of their you know authoritarian system it's a little bit tougher because you know you can't have free freedom of expression while also controlling what's being said right right and that's right. something that you know when you live here you're, you don't have to worry about that you know you have to worry about the other side of that which is people are free to not like what you do right but, and criticize and comment yeah. <laughs> and troll and shut you down emotionally psychologically <laughs> but you know they're free to do that just as you're free to do whatever you want and it's to really, ignore them, you know? It's interesting because, like, well, I'm Korean-American, and my best friend is Chinese-American. And it's really because, you know, I've been best friends with her since we were nine. So we were, like, it both. We are both, like, Koreanese, right? Mm-hmm. We were both a blend. Like, she eats all the kimchi in the world. I eat hella dumplings. But it's it, what we've learned from each other. And then, you know, we both were raised in the States. And so I still am learning about... Chinese American culture because it is very different. Like China is so different than Korea, right? I mean, you look at South Korea and it's uh, K-pop and K-dramas and like they have lots of creativity just you know flowing out of <laughs> every corner and they they are very heavily into the arts and entertainment. They they have the crazy outfits and like the makeup and everything. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, again, I don't know the nuances of Chinese culture of that the controlled and like again i didn't even know till a few years ago like what was allowed and what was not allowed in china like today <laughs> i didn't know that because it's not part of my background so yeah. it's just really interesting for me like you know even though we're not living in asia the way that it 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 uh influences us here yeah and how it influences your self-perception and like your i guess boldness of like okay this is who i am and this is who creative being that you know i can be kind of thing well, i mean identities really especially you know since we're you know minorities in a you know uh, in this country yeah like identity is a huge issue like fitting in integration like there's a lot of things that people think about growing up that you know um people um don't think about outside when they are the majority so exactly um like something that you know that, that we see firsthand being collaboration is you know like it's very easy to get lost in the bubble of you know we're we're from California from San you're from the Bay Area I'm from L A, and we're kind of just used to seeing Asians. We're not, well, you went to high school in the, in, a, in, a, <laughs> very, in another yeah. situation. We'll talk about it a little bit later, yeah. but um, you know you go to like other places like um, even you know I was in D C for a little while and you run into people who 
grew up as the only Asian in the entire like county. Right. You know, and you no. Know, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> and you know, the kind of things that messes with their, you know, perception of identity and fitting in, you know. And, right. You know, so that's, you know, um something else that collaboration strives to do is kind of create this, you know, cultural touch point for all Asian Americans kind of to, you know, um try to bring everyone together and like, you know, support each other especially yeah Yeah. like i think and that support thing that you're saying like we are we're trying to build a community we're not trying we are building a community and it's a very brick by brick process because of i guess cultural things like cultural barriers that have preceded us and for me it's uh growing up my adolescence and becoming an adult embracing the idea that i can change my destiny (laughs) um again culturally influenced do you follow protocol? Do you follow the rules? Do you follow structure? And I appreciate all those things because they help provide guidance. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, growing up in the States, and this is where my parents and I clash heads, and me and my grandma, everybody, you know, my church, it, it was just like, where do you begin and where does your culture and your identity and all that, where, how does that all inter, intermingle? Mm-hmm. And for our community, I really like we have so many different stories, and that's what I want to hear. I want to hear, and I have heard and have talked to you know people in person from collaboration. That kid who was the only Asian kid, li- li- literally, <laughs> Chris Schrager, literally, um, in their whole like they just didn't have anybody that they felt they could relate to. Mm-hmm. And how does that impact you, especially with technology, right? So like, so saying like you feel like that and you go to school every day, but you know that there are people out there even online, even via podcast, even via YouTube, who get you, who can kind of commiserate with you and understand what struggles you go through, whether that's racism or just kind of not being able to relate to anybody, having a certain set of problems with your parents that no one else has, hmm. et cetera. You know, so those stories I'm, I'm really interested in hearing. And then also what I want that to fuel is how can we then outcreate those things so that they are, you know, ideally you don't want to have that be a problem forever. Yeah. So how do you deal with it and and help other people who are struggling with it? So these are like the existential problems that we think about at collaboration. Yeah, it's know. not just about shows, you guys. <laughs> We're changing lives. Yeah. I really believe that. I, don't, that. I don't know if that sounds like super arrogant or like overly idealistic. I'm a dreamer. Just <laughs> going to put it out there. I like to think big. I think everything's interconnected. And I think that that's why I'm proud of what I do. I love that I get to do this every day. <laughs> I mean, in the end, we're, you know, we're a nonprofit organization that's based around a cause. And, you know, it, it helps to have, you know, lofty goals and expectations and, you know, striving towards that. Because, you know, like our, our founder, PK, says, you know, you got to dream big in order to, you know, be happy. It's amazing do, what PK you know? did. I mean, PK, for, again, we're kind of going back to the history. But if you guys don't know who PK is, um, Paul Kim, he's a stand-up comedian. He is an L.A. native. He's the youngest of many children, a pastor um, growing up in, in Los Angeles where there's a lot of Korean-Americans. And, like, he he really, I don't know, I mean, without him, we wouldn't be here. It's mm-hmm. really, really cool. And he's a living testament to see, like, what an idea and what expression and what kind of just going for it and dreaming big and having this big idea that everyone else is kind of like, that's dope, but uh, I don't think I can do that, you know? <laughs> They're being overly realistic, right? Yeah. He just did it. And look at, you know, like this is, we're like 14 cities strong. Each city has like, what, tw- what 15 to some cities are like 45 staff members. Yeah. You're talking about hundreds of young people. And every year, you know, there's new people that come through and new artists. We've had like eight, 900 artists 
perform in our shows collectively at this point. Yeah. It's really cool. When I take, you know, a minute to step back and just be like, wow, you really don't know how you impacted somebody's life. You And that's because a dude... RPK, <laughs> you know, thought had this 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 uh, dream, and then he had the guts to go for it. I think that's so cool. Yeah, and I love that I can call him my friend. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Very cool. I love you, PK. <laughs> What's up, PK? All right. Um, I think that's well. You know, we'll probably talk about collaboration a lot more down the line. You know, there's always stuff going on, always new things. You no, know, we're probably gonna you know start starting April. We're gonna start traveling again, going to different shows, and you know, hopefully when we bring you along, we might just tell you about what we did. You know, are we going to bring this whole setup? We could, but I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. I think we'll, we'll just come back and talk to people about you know. Hey, technology. Crazy, we can. Yeah. I got a new iPhone. I sold my soul recently, and I caved after many years of resisting <laughs> the iPhone, and I got the six, and it's gorgeous and shut up. Um, but this thing records really well too. Yeah. So I'm just saying we can we can. We can bring technology, it to man. bring the Boston again. You know, yeah, talk to the kids there. Boston is we're mobile. You guys are a great. We're, we can't wait for your show. Actually, we just want to go to Boston again. I love Boston, and I love the stuff. <laughs> it's I had no, again see travel. I had no idea that Boston had that many colleges in that small of a space. Mm. I had no idea Harvard was right next door to MIT. That is too much. And we went to Harvard. We were very hashtag. I can't even. We, <laughs> we couldn't even get in there. Because there was no parking. Because everyone's trying to get into Harvard, literally. It's okay. We went to MIT, so we can take. We took a picture selfie and sent it to our parents. They're yeah. very proud. <laughs> we couldn't get into Harvard, <laughs> literally, in many ways. Yeah. No that parking, was, mom. Oh, it was yeah. It was you know total college time. It was totally interesting because we went. You know, it was when I suddenly realized. I don't know why I didn't realize this before. I was like you know twenty eight already, but like I can't really do college clubs anymore. What do you mean? You can't... A little old for that stuff. Oh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> honestly, sometimes I feel like collaboration, we're like an extension of that. And we get to work with a lot of college communities. That's what's really cool. Honestly, I, you know, should I tell my age right now? I don't care. I'm almost 30. And it's, I feel so lucky that we get to work with young people. Yeah. Because, I mean, collaboration has always been that movement of, you know, these are like the dreamers and they're the doers. And so are we. Yeah. We're not stopping. Obviously, we're here moving and shaking but um the you know the the potential that they they feel and that they live and they're just so bright-eyed and i'm not saying everybody there's definitely like the debbie downer is like over realistic like oh man world's going to hell and handbasket whatever but so your impression of me yes your your <laughs> days um but yeah, it's dope. I love I love working with the young professionals, you know, of our age group, our peer group. Well, we, we did prove our youngness. Well, okay, this is um perfect our segue. Our youth. Our youngness. Our perfect segue We're just to making a word left where, and right. You know, let's move on to our news section. And this is where I will play news music if I find it. If you hear silence, it means I couldn't find news music to play. But um, From newsroom. Last Sunday, we went to the Vibe Dance Competition. Hell yeah. Oh my God, um, that was amazing. At uh, in Irvine, California. Uh, if you guys don't know, um, Vibe is uh, one of the biggest, um, um, I guess you can call it Asian American theme, but like the, one of the biggest hip hop dance competitions. Yeah, they're in not Southern openly California. like we are Asian American yeah. dance, but it's a huge dance, co- dance, dance competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't even speak because it was so amazing. And, you know, the two, well, me and you and a friend, Eddie. And um, Alex was there. Alex, well, Alex is young. I'm talking about the old dudes. Okay, the old ones. Um, we went, sat through the entire 
five-hour show and didn't fall asleep. So I think that's an accomplishment. Well, no. Well, the, we couldn't fall asleep because the music was really loud, but it was an amazing show. I mean, there were 17 acts, but we were kicking and screaming, having a good time the entire time. It's so good. If you yeah. guys have not watched it, please go YouTube uh, Vibe. This was the 20th show, so it was Vibe XX, if you want to see 2015. But I, you can go back years and years and years. You can go 20 years of footage. It's so good. Let's dance. <laughs> die i die yeah they got what four years on us five years on us four years we're we're at sweet 16 mm. we should make that our theme collaboration sweet 16. yeah collaboration sweet 16 and throw a giant party and buy a collaboration uh, suv ew we're not ew I, you just reminded me of that show i wasn't even thinking about that <laughs> why does why do those exist <sighs> anyways well, <laughs> vibe if you, if you think I about mean, it shows are a lot worse now but see this is this is just kind of the evolution of media too. We have a lot more stuff. There's a lot more content out there. Anybody with a camera can make whatever they want. But I think that raises the bar in its own way because mm-hmm. it's like when you are you are exposed to that much stuff, you're going to naturally be able to eventually decipher, okay, that <laughs> is awesome. Holy crap, that, you know, Whatever the concept, the idea, the the lighting, the sound, and the the cinematography, whatever. Like I'm talking about film, but even like a music video or even a sound recording, you just hear it and you, you just know, right? Because you hear so much. Like back in the day, maybe I'm just not, I'm not trying to be a hater, but like you didn't hear that much. So something could be really good, but the context of it was like, oh wow, and you hear it now, and you're like, oh what? Like, <laughs> Why do they think that's so good? That's like, whatever. Mm. But, you know, that's, yeah. that, that's what I think is we're lucky. And I think it, we just have an attitude of gratitude. Be like, because the good songs now, I'm sorry, like good songs, good music, good, you know, graphics, good. And like, it is mind-blowing. It is astounding. Yeah. So I say we're pretty lucky. But Taylor Swift, though. You just send me weird videos. Marvin sends me so <laughs> many random. I don't open them anymore. Like, I don't know where you find them. It's exquisite. No, it is not. It is exquisitely bad. Do you sit around, like, looking these up? I go venture into the dark depths of the internet so you don't have to. And I bring back the gold Stop nuggets Stop giving them to me, then. They're gold nuggets. Keep them They're to amazing. yourself. Keep them to yourself. <laughs> I don't open it anymore. I'm smarter. Uh, but going back to um, Vibe, yeah. So, uh, first place was a group called Cookies out of San Diego. Woo! Um, they were amazing. Uh, second place was uh, GRV. GRV was second, and then third place was the company from yeah. the Bay. So all those videos are on YouTube now. You can see the um, the full stage view or the front row view, and I encourage you guys all to take a look. Check out the um, the cool stuff going on in dance these days. Like the last time I went to a dance competition was maybe about like eight years ago. Uh, we have a big one in UC San Diego where I went to school called Fusion. And it's kind of a smaller version of Vibe. But um, like what I saw back then when I saw like just a couple nights ago, it's amazing how f- people are still pushing the limits of like what the human body can do. Oh my God, you know? seriously. I mean, the dance crews now are just huge. Were they, were they always that big? They're sure. always that big, yeah. Like 50 people? Yeah. I mean, uh, most collegiate groups are that big because... Yeah, but Um, I mean, just the intricacy and like the precision—that's what is just. You're like, how are you doing this? My face is melting (laughs) off. It's just awesome. Yeah, I mean, she spent the whole entire um, night on her seat, like standing up and blocking everyone behind her (laughs) and screaming. 
That's not that big of a deal because I'm pretty short, so I wasn't being that rude. <laughs> it was really amazing, though. And, and, and dance was, it's really,、uh, you know, again, why I joined Collaboration. I wanted to meet every, I mean, I'm a huge,、yeah. I'm from the Bay. I mean, there's so many amazing dance crews from the Bay Area. And Sean Evaristo with Movement Lifestyle, and who I've now had a phone conversation with, and I just about died. It took a lot to stay cool on that phone conversation because I was fangirling like no other. And Sean, I hope we can eventually have you on the show because you are an inspiration to so many people. I mean, Sean, everybody with, you know, Culture Shock and with Vibe and with. From the dance crews, like with Kaba Modern and with, you know, Jabberwockies, Ben, we're, we're actually going to do a workshop with them. It's just ridiculous, <laughs> right? And these people are, these are people that inspire other people just because they love what they do and、yeah. they took the time to get really good at it. Yeah.、Um, I don't know. It's really dope. And so that community is definitely very special.、Yeah. I just feel like you feel the swag. <laughs> you just feel how cool they are and you're like, I'm not worthy. <laughs> Not worthy. w e cool too. We have a homemade podcast system that we're talking into. Yes. We're talking to the, you know, our 10 listeners, and thank you for listening. You know what? All great things start at point A. <laughs> point A. Yeah. We are at point A. So,、uh, so that was Vibe.、Um, the other big news topic this um, um, hopefully, I'm planning on getting this up on Monday. So if you're listening to this, hi, happy Monday. Um, Power through, you can do it's it. It's February 1st. It's already February. January actually did not speed by the way I thought it was. It was so slow. Holy crap. Sometimes it was slow, and that partially was because I had the flu and it couldn't get out of my body fast enough. But this month, like, it's funny because I felt like tw- 2014 flew by. <laughs> like, I blinked and it was gone. Yeah. So it's really, really cool to feel like I had some time to breathe. But we're pretty, you know, anyway, productive.、Yeah. Happy Monday. Happy February. <laughs> and、um, this week is the premiere of Fresh Off the Boat. Woo! In case you haven't noticed all the billboards and advertisements out there, or if you don't watch ABC, or if you don't have TV, or internet, or any news source whatsoever. You're living under a rock.、Uh, Fresh Off the Boat is a new sitcom coming out on ABC、uh, based on the memoir of Eddie Huang, who is a celebrity chef,、uh, restaurateur.、Um, the book is of the same name, Fresh Off the Boat, and it's about his, you know, Family growing up in、uh, Orlando in the mid 90s. And it's been getting a lot of press lately.、Um, like Eddie Huang himself wrote this big, long, long form article at first, kind of going through all his tr- trials and tribulations of, you know, trying to be authentic and keeping his fat, like, story intact. And then finally,、um, at the end, accepting that, you know, it's going to be a broad comedy to try to, you know, reach a lot of people. And that might not be a bad thing.、And、yeah. It was definitely like a very, it, it was a really interesting stream of consciousness because you kind of really see his step by step. Like you are、yeah. literally going through his process of understanding it. And you gotta, I mean, I feel like he's a little bit older than I am, right?、Mm-hmm. Like a few years older. So again, it's like our the experience, right? So、yeah. this is why I'm like, this is why I'm so passionate about it.、Um, the Asian American experience is, is, there's a universality to it, yes. Um, but it's so. Shut up. I'm making words. I'm being creative. <laughs> but there is so, so many unique things. You know, he is Chinese American,、yeah. grew up in Florida. I am Korean American, grew up in the Bay Area.、Mm-hmm. And just for so many, like you could pick that apart. And that's, 
I think that's cool. But I can definitely relate to what he was saying. Yeah. And even so, Marvin and I actually were. We had the honor of going to the set. We were invited to the set of Fresh Off the Boat, mm-hmm. and we got to watch the first two episodes, not just the pilot, the second episode. Meet the writer and producer. Uh, writer's producer. Writer's we also producer. met some of the cast and too. the cast. Yeah. And we got to be on set, which was amazing. Um, the show is hilarious. You guys should all watch it. Yeah. You know, um, it definitely. It definitely hits the hits right home. buttons. Yeah. It hits home. <laughs> the thing is, it hits home, and I think that it hits home. It could hit home to a lot of people who are not Asian. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just, it's like, it's finding the heart of the story. The story is like, you move to a new town. Yeah. No one likes that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and how do you, how do you start acclimating to new community, new friends? Yeah. People who might look at you strange. I mean, I was lucky enough to grow up in the same community from kindergarten through high school. And, you know, uh, I grew up in San Gabriel. And for those of you who don't know, San Gabriel, in the San Gabriel Valley, it's, you know, um, my schools have always been almost majority Asian. Like 40% Asian, I think, 40% Latino. And, um, you know, it was always, you know, it was always kind of, I guess growing up in that environment, kind of, you're in a bubble, but at the same time, you get a little more comfortable with your identity. Whereas I know, Minji, you moved, you were like Eddie, like, you moved to a uh, brand new city and went from being with a lot of Asians to yeah. the only like one of two, or right? No, one of two. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It really hit home. Um, and again, you can look at a lot of different uh, any scenario in a different way, and it depends on the person. Like you can say, oh, being able to grow up in the same community from the time from K through twelve. For a lot of people, that'd be amazing. You get really comfortable. You know who your friends are. But then, you know, I'm kind of like, and because of my life experience, I, I look at, I now as an adult really appreciate that fact that I left home. I was pissed off when we moved. <laughs> I was in eighth grade. I was 13 years old, okay? And this is actually funnily at the peak of the ASEAN Pride days. Mm. So it was like I was ultra entrenched in the Asian group that I rolled with and all, you know, all of us wearing our polo sport and our Nautica and all that. Oh, the Nautica, Nautica jackets. Another podcast. Seriously. <laughs> we call it Got Rice. But it's like, <laughs> that was when I moved, right? And that's when my parents like literally told me the the day of my first dance of eighth grade when I'm like, I'm just like, woo, it's the eighth grade. I'm talking the world. Like, these are my friends and we're going to go to Who's high playing? school. Was it Casey Jojo? Was it? Probably. <laughs> I don't remember because I was crying. My uh-huh. mom sat me down 20 minutes before I have to go to school to the dance. And mm. she's just like, by the way, we're moving. And we moved to <laughs> a city called Pleasanton. So I grew up in Cupertino, San Jose, Cupertino, until um, eighth grade. And then I moved. And then Pleasanton, you know, when I got there, I thought I was on a movie set because I literally rolled through the, the gates. And this school is pristine. You know, it's just beautiful. And... Um, groomed and manicured lawns and all that stuff is really wonderful place for families to live and all that's very suburban and I walk through and they're lit again Chris Tragering there are literally blonde cheerleaders doing like practicing on the lawn <laughs> and these girls are they're my friends now and then but when I walked in as a 13 year old that just left Asian pride uh bonanza down in San Jose and I'm walking on there to that campus, I mean, my brain exploded. And I was like, am I on a movie set? And so that, like, but, like, Pleasanton changed me. It gave me so... That that really actually prompted a really unexpected and, you know, I didn't seek it out, but it definitely caused me to, you know, think about my identity and think about 
because my identity at that time, I was super hostile. I was like, mm. these people don't know me. They don't get me. They're going to like, you know. And there are, there are really funny anecdotes that I have that, again, if any of my Pleasanton friends, I know none of you meant anything <laughs> maliciously, <laughs> but there were some interesting <laughs> comments. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They they paired me up with Annie Kim. Annie, I love you. But um, she was <laughs> she became my best friend because I was assigned to her. She was the other Korean girl in the entire school. Mm. And they're like, you need to be friends with Annie. And I was like, huh? <laughs> First of all, I was like, cool, there's another Korean girl. Yeah. But second of all, I was like, wait, you know, you don't think about that when you're 13, but now I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was kind of effed up. Yeah. Well, I didn't think that, you know, I was like, cool, I got an Asian girl. She gets me, you know? That's what I thought. So again, like, it's just interesting. I keep, t- I talk a lot, but um, yeah. these are, hey, shut up. <laughs> But I want to hear more stories because it's just like, Eddie Huang gets me. It's yeah. just, I had a similar experience and not as maybe like, hostile as his i was hostile but i've i love where i lived i love pleasanton yeah. i love that i went to high school there um taught me a lot about myself and got me to stop being so hostile and mm-hmm. thinking that you know people are against me or whatever it's like you know what the world a lot of it is just like people just don't know yeah so then let them know yeah and don't don't be so angry all that i understand the anger mm. you don't have to be angry all the time <laughs> By the way, we should get Phil on here. <laughs> tangent. Angry uh, he, has, he has his own podcast. No, but no, I'm saying like guests. We have so many cool friends in yeah. LA. We should definitely. Well, I have this extra mic, so eventually. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we can't fill a podcast, obviously. No, we cannot. There's not <laughs> enough things to talk about. It would just be awkward silence. Anyways, <laughs> first off the boat. Uh, so, yeah, we got to meet the cast, and, you know, um, our friend Randall is. Amazing. The the mom Constance was hilarious in the show. She's gonna be the breakout star uh, already. People are already saying that she, she steals the show. Constance is great. I mean, the character is great. But I I have a soft spot, and Marvin knows for the kids, mm. the three boys that play. I mean, Hudson does such a great job because he's very natural. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that they actually cast a kid. Yeah. You know, like you just watch so many Hollywood things, and you're like, why did they get that thirty year old to play a sixteen year old? That's <laughs> interesting they actually got like you know a 13 yeah. year old kid to play or 12 i think he's 12 i think he's uh he's young he's about he's a middle school yeah, he's age appropriate yeah so <laughs> it, it really brought the authenticity i like yeah. that a lot um, and then you know, the the kids are you know, just so funny. we can see force we talked to ian for a while i the, love the ian. Evan, yeah and he comes up to us little like i think he's what seven i think he's seven and he comes up and just gives us business cards he's like here are my business cards He's like, I actually ran out, so I can only give you one for your group. And I was like, okay, that's okay. And then Minji snatched it. Yeah. Well, Ian handed it to me. <laughs> he looked me in my eyes. Oh, my gosh. He's just adorable. Uh, he has the best scene in episode two, you guys. Just watch out for that. <laughs> <laughs> I like mimicking it right now. <laughs> so cute. And then, um, yeah, we got to talk to you know, Randall, um, friend of collaboration. He's actually, he actually was a former um, performer in one of our shows. Um, yeah. I don't know if we want to give out his secret right now. but No. Well, we got to find a video first. So this yeah. podcast has to be simultaneously planned so that we can share his glory. Yeah, we're not going to find that. We'll keep his secret for now. But it's Randall, it's coming out soon. So you got to, you know, just um, beat us to the story and put on another, you know, performance and we'll be cool. Dude, Randall's the best. He's seriously just so, so kind and very, very talented, very, very hardworking. Just him telling mm-hmm. us about his process for how he prepared for the role. He's playing, you know, a Chinese father and he actually went out, you know, nobody told him to do this, but he just went out and took Mandarin class. He yeah. wanted to get, 
you know, and there was controversy around that. I, I'm sure that there's some troll out there who was pissed off. And, you know, I'm okay. Sorry, that's mean. But like somebody <laughs> out there was probably very upset that, you know, a Korean American is playing a Chinese American fa- or Chinese father. Mm. Um, and actually, you know, I would feel the same way too. I take that all back. If it was a Korean American show and there was a Chinese guy playing Korean, I would, I would be kind of, there's part of me that's pissed off. I'm like, you don't know. Look in the comments. It feels like more people are just, you know, weirded out that Kim Jong-un is playing the Chinese dad. Oh, God. That's, again, other podcast. <laughs> but, you know, Randall really took the role seriously. And I think he brings a lot of, like, just lovable humor to the character. And without yeah. losing, you know, not being like... None of... The thing that I like about Fresh Off the Boat is it's not making the family the joke you know that's what i liked about it It wasn't like oh we're just gonna make fun of this asian family in white land yeah and that was something a lot of people were afraid of when they saw the trailer because obviously with a trailer with anything you have to choose the most broadest jokes um and the ones that you know play with you know the most people but the thing a lot of people latched onto was the fact that the parents had accents yeah and you know my parents have accents yeah watching the show like it's not it's never the joke like yeah it's always you know it's just part of character man you know just Thinking about the character, like these are first generation parents, immigrant yeah. parents, like no, like my parents. Still I dare talk any accents, of you guys, you, know? you all my Asian American brothers and sisters, if your parents don't have accents, my dad's really good at English, but he still has a pretty thick accent. Mm. His vocabulary is amazing, his grammar is on point, but he still has an accent. Yeah. So it's kind of like I would, as Randall, if I was in his shoes, I would just want to have the accent be on point. Yeah, you know. I mean, my dad grew up listening to American music, so his his English is pretty good. But my dad, his thing is he types in all caps. So, <laughs> why are you yelling at me? Like, not just talking to me, but like in business. He yeah, types in all, all the caps. things. Yeah. And they're like, is this spam or is this a legit email? Because I can't tell because looks like someone's asking for $10 million from Zimbabwe. That's, but, you know, yeah. I don't know. We have all the little quirks. And, you know, going back to Randall, he just, I think he did a great job. And, you know what? It's still, like, I'm really just excited that this yeah. happened. And there's a lot of, like, if you watch, especially for us Asians who, you know, there's a lot of kind of inside jokes that, like, might go over the heads of, you know, <laughs> the other people, I guess. Um, things like, um, you know, lactose intolerance or even there's a really great line, like, about Asians and karaoke. That's yeah. just... Yeah. You, it, for normal, for the regular viewer, it'll be funny. For Asians would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I just see there's a lot of problems. We only got to watch the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's ever watched any show, um, pilot show is always the shakiest, right? Yeah. It's like you're trying to establish characters. You're trying to... Say, and that's why I really um, was impressed and excited because the second episode I loved even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really... That shows that's a really good sign of we're going in the right direction. You're solidifying these characters. You know, the jokes are funnier. Yeah. Um, So, you know. know, For all of you guys holding your breath, pretty much, you you won't have to say, wait till it gets better. Because it gets good right away. But we shouldn't, honestly though, we shouldn't overhype it too. Because that's what ruins a lot of like movies and shows for me. It's true. It's terrible. Don't watch it. It's awful. Yeah. Actually watch it, but be prepared to not like it. Well, that's how I approached it, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I was super excited that it's happening, and I genuinely was like, you know, there's there definitely, you know, I'm going to support this show because this, this is a big deal. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of people out there, and I actually found a blog post from 2008 that I wrote. Like, I don't want to support anything just because I'm supposed to. I mm-hmm. want to support it because it's good, right? Like, whatever the thing is about Asian Americans, about women, about what... Like, I want to support things that I truly, genuinely 
believe in and back and think has quality. So I think, you know, us maintaining that there's a lot of people that I think have had that argument. Like, should we support everything just because an Asian American person made it Yeah. or, you know, whatever. So, and it's a struggle because you don't want to be unsupportive, but you don't want to, yeah. you know, I mean, we have this, I've had this conversation with, um, with some people too. And, you know, I want, on one hand, you wish things were good, but on the other hand, like we're never like, we're never mad that it was made. Like, yeah, you got this made. You got this on like as many screens as you could. Like you made this thing happen. That's amazing. But you know, learn from it and make something better next time. Yeah. You know? Again, so yeah. that's my thing. Like again, you learn how to have, I think, a more mature perspective. Say that okay, maybe the, and everything's so subjective too, right? Like my taste is very different. Clearly from your YouTube videos, my taste and your taste are very very different. Yeah, my taste is excellent. Your taste is shaky. Your taste is just bizarre. Okay. Um, I prefer eclectic. Stop trying to euphem- euphemize your taste. That sounds like you're trying to kill my taste. I'm not trying to kill your taste. I'm just saying it's weird. But I'm saying like the subjectivity of, of taste, of what one person prefers to another, and then how you define whether something was successful, whether it has mass appeal, or whether, you know, like what if some one per- if one person likes what you did, can you say that, well, that failed because 8 million people didn't like it? Right. Mm -hmm. I say my perspective at this point and just seeing the true struggle of artists and, you know, I'm pursuing acting myself and I want to do a lot more creative things down the road. The fact that you do it, the fact that you took something that you just wanted to do and had an idea about and then you just take that from like in your brain to actual action. I give props to that. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, whether I think that it deserves an Oscar or Grammy or whatever, ultimately is pretty irrelevant. It's like you did it. So props to you. You know, and anybody out there who's trolling and just like dishing out all this stuff, but they kind of sit behind a screen and don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. It's noise. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I don't know. There's two sides to every story. And I just, again, people, whether, you know, whether I like it or not, whether I'm like played on repeat, like, who cares? <laughs> Props to you for doing it. In case you don't know, Minji plays all the songs she likes on repeat. Marvin has to deal with me playing songs on repeat. In the office, it's all the constant. time. This is why we're headphones and listen to my all more awesome music. Whatever. About, you know. My songs are amazing. Hamsters on pianos and stuff. And tacos. Yeah, Raining tacos. Tacos are the best. <sighs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Fresh Out the Boat premieres Wednesday, February 4th, um, uh, 8.30 and 9.30. We're playing two episodes, um, one after I'm on a Family, one after, I believe, The Middle on ABC. So make sure to check it out. Um, we'll probably do a, some do uh, talk about our thoughts about it. More of our, more of our thoughts about it um, coming up in future podcasts. But um, it's a historic event. I mean, the first time in twenty years that an all Asian family has been depicted on American sitcom television. So, um, you know, check it out, support it. Um, you know, we think you'll like it. We hope you'll like it, and you know, we hope that um, it gets picked up for another season because you know. Um, we kind of we kind of lost some of some of our TV presence this year with um, Sullivan's Son and also um, Selfie being canceled. So, you know, more Asians on TV. Yeah, that's the goal. Well, TV, another podcast. We can talk about the future of media, like TV versus Netflix and mm-hmm. Hulu, and you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, they're Asian on Netflix. We can talk about Marco Polo later too. We'll we bring, could. We'll bring Paul in. He has a lot of thoughts on it. Oh, and Naomi. Oh. And Naomi. She's got lots of opinions. She actually spoke her opinions to the creators. Really? She was at a screening with the creators of Marco Polo. (laughs) And 
She had thoughts. Our friend Naomi is a, a writer and actress as well. And she's Naomi Co. She's very, very... Um, From Dear White People. Outspoken. I love you, Naomi. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's get her on uh, sometime soon. Yeah. Um, all right, finishing up, we have a couple uh, announcements. So, um, as you know, collaboration um, does a lot of smaller community-sized events as well. Um, we just had a couple open mics in our different cities, one in Chicago, one in Houston. Um, I think Dallas has one coming up, or already did one. They do have one coming up. I We need to wait on the date. But I, I, I encourage anybody who's listening, honestly, um, to follow us on social media. It's yeah. something that we really want to uh, keep up to date and keep everyone up to speed with fit and you know photos and videos and and dates and all that fun stuff if you're in la we're ha- um the la team is having a val is it valentine's day valentine's day themed yeah yeah a valentine's day themed open mic in k-town at um cafe blue mm-hmm. um it's gonna start at i'm gonna guess like seven yeah thirty well Check out um, our Facebook. There will be more details it's there. On but Tuesday, February 10th. Yeah, come by. We're, they're going to start it off with a screening of the, the that night's episode of Fresh Off the Boat and follow it up with an open mic with a bunch of really cool um, collaboration artists. So um, if you're in L.A., um, come check it out. Um, also, a lot of uh, collaboration is recruiting right now. A lot of our cities are in recruiting mode, um, including um, if you live in Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit, D.C., Honolulu, Houston, um, LA, New York, and San Francisco, oh, and Toronto. So if you're interested in joining Collaboration, um, either check out our Facebook, the Collaboration Facebook. There's a post with all the uh, application links. Or send an email to info at collaboration.org. That's info at collaboration with a K, dot org. And we'll direct you to the right place. And, you know, we encourage you to check us out. You know, we have a lot of fun. We're going to meet a lot of cool people. And you get to, you know, uh, work in entertainment. It is volunteer, though, so don't expect to get paid. But you'll get paid in hugs and food sometimes. And life inspiration, which is priceless. <laughs> um, and finally, um, we'd, like to start to, we'd like to eventually start taking a lot of um, your, your questions to myself, means your, our guests, you know, about anything regarding collaboration, regarding your experiences, regarding Asian-American cultural identity issues in general. Um, so please, um, if you have questions, send them to podcast at collaboration.org. That's podcast at collaboration with a K. Dot org and uh, can we, we eventually have to a, seeing your questions sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you can we eventually have a setup where people can call in um eventually when i get more um equipment fancy we're gonna crowd front front Ugh, i direct it crowd front that's funding <laughs> with friends fail womp womp <laughs> Okay, anyways well that's about an hour so that's a podcast yeah see we can fill a podcast shoot Whatever. The trick is to get Minji talking and then just relax. Shut your face. <laughs> I love talking to you guys. Even though no one's speaking back to me, I feel like I'm talking with friends. Oh, that's also, if you have any suggestions on what to name this podcast, also send, please send that to us at podcast.collaboration.org. And uh, uh, I guess this kind of uh, crowdsourcing, but if you find it in your heart to make a jingle for us, that'd be nice. Otherwise, I'm going to find some really annoying um, royalty-free music. We don't need annoying music. We know so many cool artists. I mean, I want to hear from people, but we we know cool people. All right. Well, hopefully next time you hear us, we'll have some more kind of cool jingles. We used the word cool a lot today. Maybe that's an irrelevant word now. Cool is in Dope. Dope. I like cool better. I like dope. Get off my lawn. And that's our (laughs) podcast. Uh, 
Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.